Turn to John chapter 5. Um, you know that we need to talk a lot about faith because of uh, one of the issues and challenges in our culture, in our society, is that we're living in a culture where we worship the brain or we worship the intellect. And um, I met so many people who say, you know, I have faith for this and I have faith for that. And to be quite frank about it, most of the people I meet who say they have faith for something, they don't have faith. Okay? They think they have faith because they've been taught wrongly about what faith is. Okay? And, uh, you know, I met people who say, I believe God will heal me, I believe God will heal me, and then they die. Okay? And they say, why oh, didn't God heal that person? Because they didn't have faith. Yeah, but they said they have faith. Yeah, but I can say I'm an airplane. That doesn't make me fly. Okay? And, uh, but we, because we're living in a culture that is uh, uh, origins from the Greek philosophy. You know, the Roman uh, uh, took the Greek philosophy and spread it all over. And that's where democracy comes from. And so, uh, so we, we, we think we have to understand everything in our intellect. And, uh, and the danger is that we can sometimes have the mental knowledge, but it's not in our hearts. Okay? We can have big heads. If you ever speak with a, a theologian, they know a lot of things about the Bible, but they never met Jesus. Okay? And, and, and it's not what is in your head that is going to make a difference. Very often, actually, when you, as you carry on living as a, uh, as a Christian, the biggest challenge is that we can actually think that I'm more mature because I know more. Okay? But that's not necessarily true because it's not your knowing that will heal you. It's not your knowing that will make a difference. It's your faith. Okay? And, uh, so, and so, so in John 5 here, he says, this is the man who's healed at the pool of, at Bethesda. He says here, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now where is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five portions. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had, who had an, an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Okay, just start here. No, this is a, it's a, when you think about it, it's actually an amazing scene here because the Bible says it's true that when the water stirs, the first one who gets into 
the pool gets healed. Okay, according to Jewish tradition, they believe it's the Archangel Raphael. You know, the Jewish people believe there's more Archangels than just three or two, as we say there is, okay? But, uh, but it's actually an amazing thing that they, they, these people here, they're all sick. They're all, uh, they're all sorts of kinds of problems. And uh, they're all there waiting, okay? Now, there is a reason for why they came there. They're not there because they didn't think something would happen. And, uh, but the thing is that they're waiting for something external to happen before they can be made well. Okay? You know, when many charismatics, we are like that. People who believe in the gifts of the spirits, we are very often like that. We believe that oh, when this preacher comes, he's anointed. Then I will be healed. Okay? Or if that anointing is there, then I will be healed. Or we can, even in our day-to-day -day life, we be waiting. If this thing changes, I will be happy. Or if I just got this amount of money, I will be happy. Or if, I, if just something changed, then everything will be well. So, they're looking for the answer from the outside. Okay? They believe, they live in hope, for there is an answer to their problem. But... So they're all looking towards that place, and you, I don't know, there's probably a lot of sick people. You know, if you've ever gone to some of these healing crusades, you'll be surprised to see how many different kinds of illnesses there are amongst people. Okay? And so, so, so they're all lying down there waiting for, for that water to move. For, uh, and, and whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Five, now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Do you know, think about what he's saying here. It's actually an interesting question he's asking. Now that, that man... He's at the well, and when Jesus goes up to him and asks him, do you want to be healed? Okay, do you know what I find? That many of us, when we really get pressurized to something, you know, we say, I want this, or I want that, and I want that. What we really are saying is that I want it, but I don't want to do anything. Okay, I want to change my life, but I still want to carry on doing the same thing. I want to be fit, but I still want to keep living on junk food. I want to do this, but I still carry on doing the same thing. I want to be transformed, but still live the same way. It's not working like that. Okay? Jesus he's asked this man, do you want to be healed? You know, but if you ask a, a, a person, do you want this? Do you want to be healthy? Do you want to be fit? And, they will, and we all say, yes. And then we'll be told, okay, wake up 5 o'clock every morning and go to the gym for two hours. Now, our willing, no, what, we, what we're saying is, yeah, I want to be fit without having to do the exercise. And it's not going to work. Okay? Yeah, but God can do anything. No, he can't. Yeah, but for God, all things are impossible. No, he can't lie. Okay? You know, but... Jesus asked a man here who is sick, 
Do you want to be made well? So, you know, man, I, I, uh, as a pastor, you meet all sorts of crazy people sometimes. Uh, I remember I, I, there was a man, I, I, he had problems with his elbow and he got benefits from the government. And, uh, and there, there was a strong anointing in that meeting. So I asked him, do you want to be healed? And he said, yes, but just enough so that I can still claim my benefits. Okay? He didn't want to be healed. Do you understand? Do you know, man, I have seen people who are terminal ill who comes, and I ask them, do you want to be made, do you want God to heal you? They will say yes, and then we'll go five weeks before I see them again. Now, it's not because I'm something special anointed in that, but the thing is, but if you follow the life of Jesus, he don't start out healing. He start out preaching. He start out teaching. And then he heals. Why? Because it's according to our faith. Okay? You can have the, you know, if you need an operation and there's a, a surgeon, he might be the best surgeon, but you just don't believe he is. You would not let him operate on you. Do you understand? If you heard something about this man, then, when, so it's according to your faith. And because of many of us, we, we living daily in this world, and we get out, we, 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 in our head, we have all sorts of mixed thoughts. We have some spiritual thoughts, we have some worldly thoughts, we have some from our culture, our experiences, and then we mix it all together and call it, this is what I believe. Okay? And many of times, what, we, what, what needs to happen is that we need to clear our mind before we can receive. Okay? You know, there is a woman called Gloria Copeland. She used to run this healing school. And she's the one who had the highest percentage of healings in her meeting. I think it was something like 70-80% of people got healed <coughs> in her meetings. But before she prayed for anyone, they had to sit three hours every day in a week to hear the word of God. Not because of she was a brilliant teacher or anything, but because when you sit under the word, it transforms you. And now you can... Receive. Do you understand? But many people, when it comes to the gospel, they don't want to make that effort. So, like, I've seen it so many times when people are ill, say, come to every meeting so that you can hear the word, so the word of God can change you. Okay? And when they don't come, oh, I need to do whatever. But I'm telling you, if the doctor told you, you need to take these pills three times a day, you can even get a box now, at, I saw at the pharmacy, where it says, morning, lunch. You know, they will do it specifically. But can you imagine the doctor said to you, take these pills three times a day and come back in a month's time and let me see how you're doing. And you come back worse off and you say to the doctor, what you told me didn't work. He will ask, did you take the medicine I, I told you to take? I said, no. You know, this is what I see many, many times when it comes to, for example, with healing. People, they are ill, and, and because they know I preach about healing, and when they die, they always come, why didn't they die? Why didn't they die? You know, I could tell you very easily why they die. Okay? But it's not very, what can I say, in, in human terms, loving to say that. But you know what? The surgeon, he's not very loving when he operates on you. You just don't know what he's doing to you. Okay? Thank God for that 
we don't. He's not very loving. He's cutting you up, doing all sorts of things. Do you understand? But it's a pro- but but because of we have this we we have this worldly way of thinking. We thinking you now. Oh God, you know, it's just everything is just ready now. Do you know that with, with the great healing evangelists in 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 the fifties in America, like people like Oral Roberts and all these people. Who, do you know that when they have the, you only see the healing crusade in the evening, but every morning, you no, know, in these meetings they didn't just pray for people to be healed. You know that there was a procedure where they have to come in the morning, and be taught healing. Because when they came, they came with hope for something, but they didn't have faith, so they had to hear it because faith is based upon the word of God. It's not based upon what I hope for. Okay? It's like the same thing when you have an issue in your life. The first thing is not you go and pray, Oh God, help me. No, you go to the Word of God to find out what does the Bible say about this situation. And when you find a word that covers your situation, now you have something to stand on. So now you, you go to the Bible with hope, for that uh, this situation can change, when you find the word that covers that situation, now faith can come. Okay, there's many people I ask when they say, can you pray for me for that? Uh, uh, Believe with me for that. So I ask them a simple question, what word are you standing on? Most people don't have a clue what I'm talking about. Uh, When someone says, oh, nothing particular, so I say, that's exactly what you will get. Okay, nothing. But the thing is that we, we, we pray, oh God help me, but we have, no, we have nothing to base our faith upon. So that's why, no, we are, we are so privileged, but we have access to the word of God. Okay? We, it's so easy to, now, when I, like, it's so easy now to find whatever verse you need to find. You know, when I became a Christian, we didn't have Google, we didn't have internet, uh, Dictionaries was like big, uh, you know, you don't even know what a phone book is anymore. <laughs> okay, but you know, these huge, you know, and when you had to look through it to find that specific word, I have a, something about a, an old Matthew Henry's commentary, and it's like, a, it's like a big brick of a book, it's like this size, okay, and, uh, and, and, so, so in, in these days, it, was very hard. It, was, it took time to find it. But now you can just type it in within a few seconds and it's right on the screen. Okay? So, so that's where it starts. He, he, he asked this man, do you want to be made whole? Okay? In Denmark, it's probably the same in, in England, because in, it's probably the whole of the Western world, West culture now, <coughs> where, where they had this program. Well, because in Denmark we have this thing about say, oh, all the immigrants, they're taking our jobs, they're all the immigrants, you know, which is a lie, okay? But it's a, it's a good thing to say to cover up their laziness, okay? So, with Danish television, we made this program, we took three da- Danish people, classical Caucasian white Danish people, who have been on benefits for a long time. And they interview, they ask them, why are you in benefit all this? Because I can't find a job. You know, I, I can't find a job. And they asked all three. Oh, yeah. so, so the program was about that. These three people, they provide, the, the television station provided them with a job. One was going to be a cleaner in a hotel. Another one was going to help in a restaurant. And the third one was going to help in, I don't know what, 
you know, a carpentry. And uh, so, so we we're going to film them. Now, I don't know, in, uh, you know, in business, everything is about profit. You know, business is not a charity. Okay? Which means, so like, I don't know if you know, but in a hotel room in general, the cleaner who comes and clean your room, it, it must not take more than 40 to 45 minutes because of they have to cover the whole thing. So this woman, the Danish woman who got offered the job in the, in the, in the cleaning, what should have taken her 40 minutes took her three hours. I mean, she was crying. Oh, my back is hurting. Oh, I feel so sorry. And, 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 and then the other one, he called in. I said, no, I'm not coming. Because I just calculated, including transport expenses, I will gain more by being on benefits. Okay? The third one, he, he worked, he, he, he showed up 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay, we were supposed to start at 6 o'clock in the morning. Okay? So, so, so day two, the cleaner, she called in, I'm quitting. Because my back is hurting. I'm quitting. That's it. After one day. Okay? Now, all these, these three people, they all said they want a job. But they didn't. Do you, do you, are you getting the point here? They didn't really want a job. But it was just a good excuse. And then most likely we'll go down and vote for all, but let's get all the immigrants out because they take our jobs. I'm telling you, the jobs the immigrants take, the British don't want them. That's why they had to employ immigrants. Okay? You know, it, it, but it's a, good, it's a good line to say to cover up my own laziness, my own... Uh, lack of willingness to do something. Uh, you know, it's a terrible system we're living in today. But there are so many people who have a lifetime career on benefits. You know, this is horrible. And, and when we call in, my benefit is too late. Can you imagine I call you guys at my birthday? Hey, where is my person? It's too late. It was yesterday my birthday was. What happened? You know, can you imagine? Maybe we have to do that this year. Okay. No, but and so he, Jesus asked this man, "Do you want to be made well?" And the real answer, the, the, the right answer, we know we have to say yes, yes. I met many people. Do you want to prosper? Yes, yes, yes. But when do this? This no, no, no. I'm not going to do that. Do you want to change your life? Yeah, but don't do that. No, I don't want to do that. He, so to Jesus, you know, one, one thing, you know, it's funny when you really start reading the gospel. I, I don't think Pastor Jesus would have fitted into the Western world. I think that he will upset a lot of people in the churches today. I don't think he always behaved like what we can call politically correct. Can you imagine I chased you around with a whip in the church? Oh, what happened in church? Our pastor, he chased us around with a whip up and down the stairs. You can see here, he, he managed to hit me here. Okay. And then next Sunday, oh, what did you preach about? He, he, he called me a devil. He called the Pope the devil. 
He said, get behind me, Satan. He said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Can you imagine that? What was today's sermon? Message of the month. Pastor Jesus called the Pope the devil. <laughs> okay. Do you, do you understand? But, but the thing is that we, he, 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 he asked this man, do you want to be made well? And most people say, obviously, he would. Because or else he wouldn't be there. No, the thing was that he was there in hope for someone else to come with a solution for him. But here, now what is interesting, verse 7, he says, The sick man answered him, say, Sir, no, really. You know, when, when people call pastor, when, when I know something, I have no man to put me into the pool. No, no, this is not what Jesus asked him. Jesus asked him, do you want to be made well? He says, I have no one to put me in the pool. What he's saying, it's not my fault. I want to be healed, but no one is there to put me in the pool. Everyone jumps the queue. Okay? You know, that he, he, you know, he, he was so, so, so full of self-pity that he didn't even hear what Jesus asked and he was so focused upon, if it's just that person or that, that event, then I will be healed. He was so locked into that it, I can only be made well by being in that pool. So when Jesus came, he, couldn't, he didn't even hear. Do you want to be made well? There's no one to help me. Why do you not have enough money? Oh, the benefits are too low. Or something like that. Mm. Do you know what I found out? The lack of money or not lack of money is not really so much to do with what you earn. Mm. It's to do with who you are. Right. I met a guy. He came to me. Pastor Kurt, help me. I owe over a million pounds in debt. I said, praise God, there's someone who's worse off than me. But he earns a fortune. Okay? Okay. No, no, he, he's done on benefits, obviously, because else you couldn't make a million pounds in debt. But, but like, it's not that just because you have a high salary that means you have it enough. It's about who we are. That's why that if you want to prosper, it starts with what you change. Amen? Because of when you change, everything else will change with it. Okay? So, so he says here, I have no one to put me, but, uh, but, no, but while I'm coming, another steps down before me. No, we, we say, we, we have this uh, uh, phrase in the English language where we are a bit jealous, or we are, we are born with a silver spoon, or something like that. No, we, 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 we can always find excuses for why we shouldn't succeed. But the key in it is that success is not found in that you gain. Uh, all sorts of things from the outside. Success is when you find out that Jesus lives in you. Amen. Okay, there's a reason for why the Bible says, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. There's a reason for that, because of when you become a Christian, now you don't rely, you're not dependent on what happens around you for you to succeed. When you become a Christian, you're dependent on what he did. And notice I said, he did. It cannot be changed. 
And once you realize that, nothing can stop you from prospering, except for our own ignorance or attitude. Okay? So he says, it. now he also has to understand, he is, this man, he is a Jew. So he has all the covenant promises of Abraham available to him. So he said, <clears throat> but while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, oh, I really feel sorry for you. Yeah, that's not fair. Yeah, I know you've been here for 38 years. And this guy over there, he's only been here for a week and he jumped the queue. Do you want me to go over and call down a lightning to strike him out? No, Jesus didn't even hear. Do you know what I learned by that? I think that what we call prayer, I think that many of the words that I speak calling prayer when I complain of this, these, that, and the I don't even think Jesus hears them. Okay? Kenneth Hagin, he said it like this. The late Kenneth Hagin, he said that 90% of all tears are selfish. We're crying for ourselves. Okay? And I think that when Jesus didn't even respond to what he said. He didn't say, do you want me to leave Peter behind so he can help you? No, that's no good because Peter, he can't get you into the water. He can get you to lay on the water. Because Peter can walk on the water. <laughs> so, okay. I actually walked on water once. In the winter. <laughs> when it's frozen. Okay. So, so, but Jesus, Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him, Who was cured him? It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. You know what? People always focus on the wrong thing. <laughs> Never mind the man has been ill for 38, no, the man has not been able to do anything for 38 years. And then now he can carry his bed, instead of celebrating, now the man can walk. They say, it's Sabbath, don't carry your bed. No, but I notice in the body of Christ that we very easily can be focused on what is non-essential. Okay? And by focusing on that, you're missing out on the real thing. Okay, you know, but the, the Bible says that the treasure that we have is in clay vessels. And what the devil will always make you want to do is to look at the clay and not at the treasure. Okay, you know, but many, you know, and especially Christians, we are notorious at doing that. You know, but when a healing evangelist comes into it, into, into a town and having the meeting, the religious people are more focused on how he got in there, more than what he brings. Okay? You know, like I have a pastor friend in America, a Danish American, and, uh, and so he was, he's an itinerary preacher, so he travels all through America preaching, and then his car was so worn out, and uh, so he bought a new car. So he thought, no, I would be very economical. So he, he got this. Now, now this is America. 
I don't even know if that car exists anymore now. But so he bought a Ford Bondeo for that was a normal car. And suddenly all the invitations stopped coming. So he didn't understand. No, he never got invitations. He used to preach every weekend, every during the week. But suddenly the church stopped inviting him. So he called one of the pastors. Say, well, have I said something wrong? Have I done something wrong? So no. So the pastor he called. He said to him, No, we just thought that you can't be that successful with such a small car. Okay, we didn't focus on the treasure. We focused on something that was not important. Now I have another story. It's the other way because this is in Europe. Okay, in America they didn't want to invite you because your car was too small. Okay, so now in, in Europe, I know a missionary couple, and now in Denmark, cars are very expensive. Okay, uh, I think apart from Singapore, Denmark is the most expensive country to buy a car in. So when you see a Mercedes that is privately owned in Denmark, it would have at least driven 160,000 miles. Can you imagine that? 160,000 miles before you, you can own the car, and it will be at least four years old. <coughs> okay? That is basically classified as a new car in Denmark. Oh, wow, you got a Mercedes. Wow, yeah. 160,000 miles for yeah. I know. Okay? But so this missionary couple, you know, they, they didn't have too much money and there was a lot of expenses they have to look, look after. So they, and their, their old car kept breaking down. So, and you know, once you have a car, you find out every time you have to repair the car, it costs money. So they thought maybe we need to get a car that is more reliable so that we can save money on repairs. So they got an eight-year-old Mercedes. So you can just imagine what the minus is on that one. <laughs> no, if a, an eight-year-old Mercedes, okay? If you want to see cars that you don't know existed anymore, just go to Denmark. You'll see them. They're all driving around still in Denmark, okay? And do you know, it was, I still remember there was just an uproar. How can you be a missionary and drive a Mercedes? Never mind that the only thing that was shiny on that Mercedes was that little star on the front of the bonnet. The, the, you know, the paintwork and everything else was, you no. Know, you know how, you know, when you have a car for so long and when you're living in a country like Denmark where it's close to the salt sea, cars are rusting very quickly. So, but it was just, how can you say you serve God and drive a Mercedes? In both cases in America and in in this case in Denmark, they got distracted and looked at the vessel and not at the treasure. Okay? And that's where, that's where we have to understand. We had to learn to look at the treasure. So you can see here, they were at the pool and there were five horses parked there. I didn't say that. Let's say there were five horses. <laughs> Amen? And it, it, the, the, the Bible talks a lot about cars. On the day of Pentecost, when Peter and John came out of the temple, and, and so now we know Solomon had a Porsche. <laughs> Come out of Solomon's Porsche. And, but the disciples were more humble. 
because he said on the day of Pentecost, we were all in one accord. <laughs> so that's a, that's a world record. All the disciples was in one accord. Have you seen these where they try to get into Guinness Book of Record? So how many people can you stuff into the... I mean, you know, maybe, maybe you Filipino should find that. <laughs> okay? But, but the thing is that they got focused on the vessels. This man, he got focused on the pool. Something on the outside. And, but, what, what is, but that's not real faith. Okay? Now, the next thing I want to show. Now, now it, it starts out saying here, there was a great multitude of people at that pool. But what has always surprised me when I read this? Why did the others not start shouting out and say, me next? Now, come on, if he's been there for 38 years, most of the people there would have known who he is. And suddenly now they start seeing him walking out. If you have laid down with, beside him and been ill, what should you have done? You should have shouted, mean, it's me now, Jesus. But no one. Now you have to understand, he, it says that this man, he was close to the pool. So that means that when Jesus went to see him, he had to step over a lot of people just to get there. Which means he also had to step over a lot of people to get out of there. And still no one responded. Yet they had seen it. Now, if you asked any of these people, can Jesus heal? They would say yes. Why? Because they've seen it. But they didn't believe it. Because if they had believed that Jesus can heal, not, not believe that they, they, they believe in healing. There's one thing to believe that Jesus can heal, it's another thing to believe that I believe that I can be healed. Because if they had that faith, they would have, you know, they would have rock tackled him. Okay? Don't go for me. And they would all have been healed because we see that with the woman with the issue of blood, she just touched him and she got healed because she had faith. But none of the other people here gets healed. Have you, you know, we, we, I went to a conference once. I was a bit tired at the end of the conference, so I was sitting there in a meeting. It was with a man called T.L. Osborne. And you think I preach long? He preached long. Oh, he preached long. I think three hours. And I was and and I, I thought we were, and I, I didn't get anything out of the meeting. Then he said, Okay, we'll pray for the sick people now. And I'm telling you, I never seen so many people getting healed. It just all over the place. I sat next to to a, a deaf boy and he got his healing, just just took his hearing aids out and he was healed. Okay, but, but why did he get so much out of it? And I got nothing. If you ask me before he started praying for me, this is the worst meeting I've ever been to. If you asked him, he would say, oh, wow, this is amazing. It was the same word. 
It was because of me, I didn't get it. Okay? You know, Jesus wants to heal everyone, but not everyone gets healed. Because that is outside of his control. It's like Jesus wants to save everyone, but not everyone gets saved. Because it's outside of his control. Do you know what? I don't know when you, if you remember when you got saved. I remember when I got saved, the, the more, most frustrating part of it was, why did I not see it earlier? Because it, it had been available all through my life, but I'd never seen it. Did Jesus want to save me when I was 10? Yes. Did Jesus want to save me when I was 14? Yes, and so on and so on. But I, I didn't see it late, until late. He wants to save everyone, but not everyone gets saved because that's outside of his control. He can't force you to love him. Okay? The same thing here with, with, with healing. Healing is available to everyone. Amen. There is no respect of people, but there was no one here after that man who shouted out Jesus, no one. And yet he had to step over people to get out of the crowd again and still no one. And you think that is incredible. No, I've seen it many times in meetings. Okay, I get a word from God and so on and no one shows up until after the meeting. Okay. Oh, they still don't wait. No, 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 it's Jesus. He has to point me out specifically, or else I'm not going to move. No. It's like, it's, it's like they want special treatment or whatever. You know, I don't want special treatment. I just want to be healed. Okay? I don't need to be waiting for him, you know, like... There is a woman called uh, Teresa Vajarimo. Yeah, remember when we heard her in Birmingham, and and she she's a big ministry in Nairobi in Kenya, I think. But the way she started her ministry was that she felt that I have to go and meet Reinhard Bonke, and I want Reinhard Bonke to lay hands on me so that he can appoint me into the ministry. Okay. So she went from Kenya and saw that Reinhard Bonke, I think it was Norway, he was speaking. And uh, this was, uh, and so, 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 so she didn't know how to get anywhere near him. And then, at, uh, because Reinhard Bonke is an evangelist, so after he preached, he said, anyone who wants to be saved, come forward. Okay? She couldn't care less what she was praying for. She, she went forward. Was she saved? Of course she was saved. But the key was that she was not waiting. If it's God's will, then this man of God, he will probably say, there's someone from Africa here. That would not even be a word of knowledge in Norway. Do you understand? Okay. It's like when some preachers were coming. Oh, I got a word from God. There's someone in here. When you were a teenager, you struggled with who you were. Or something like that. Stupid things. But she didn't wait. She just went up. That's what every single person here should have done. Okay? 
every single person here should have done. And sometimes I think that we've been too politically correct sometimes. No, I'm not saying to people they should be rude or, or things like that, but it's important that sometimes it gets cut into the bone and say, this is the problem. And the problem in our society they are now in, is faith, lack of faith. Because lack of faith has been equal to mental agreement. I met, I met people who argue with one another about if healing is in the Bible. Okay? And yet, none of them are praying for the sick. They will fight for it. They will fight for the doctrine that Jesus heals. But yet, the person who fights for it won't lay hands on anyone who's sick. What's the point then? Because of, we got accustomed to that Christianity is in our brain and not in our action. Do you understand? Faith is always an action. Now when Jesus said to this man, rise up, what did he do? He had faith. He acted. He acted. He had faith. He, now you have to understand, faith always act. Faith does not just agree, faith acts. If there is no action, yes, you might have the agreement, but you don't have the action. And faith is an act. You know, James, the book of James says that through my works, I show you my faith. Basically what he's saying here is that if I have faith, it will give birth to an action. Okay? Faith is never passive. Faith is never something that just, uh, oh, just wait and see. No, faith always acts. That's why the phrase we're using, we standing in faith, is not really biblical. Because if you're standing, you're not doing. Faith acts. Okay? Yeah. Faith acts. So, so everyone, no, so everyone there could have used their faith to get healed, okay, when they healed the paralyzed man, but no one did. But no one did. They had knowledge of healing, but they didn't have faith for healing. Okay? And that's where we need to challenge ourselves and say that our faith must be more than just mental agreement. It must be an action. If, I, you, know, I, if you believe that prayer works, you don't need to tell everyone and write a book about it. Just pray. Amen? You know, but it's like that we spend so much time trying to convince other people of things we don't do ourselves. Okay? You no, know, Christianity is not a battle between opinions. Christianity is when you have a living relationship with Jesus. Now, my first pastor, he said to me, oh, this prosperity thing doesn't work. So I said to him, that's always too late. Yeah, but he came with a long uh, theological uh, teaching about that to me. and said, it's too late because I prayed and I received. You know, that was more powerful than his theoretical knowledge. Amen? No, but why? Because Christianity is not a theology. Christianity is not a doctrine. Christianity is a person. 
You know, I can teach you and talk to you about how much Jesus loves you and so on and so on and so on and so on and so on. But if you never meet him, you will never know what I'm talking about. I can talk about what Jesus will forgive and so on and so on. But if you never experience forgiveness, then you will not, it will just be a theory. And Christianity is not a theory. Do you know why we, we prefer to have it as a theory or a doctrine? Because we prefer that because that means I can stay the same. I don't need to change. It's nice to have an elusive, uh, imaginary boyfriend or girlfriend. Why? Because you don't need to change. Okay? You know, it's nice just to have it in our head and say, because then I don't need to change. I remember. I met, you know, in Denmark, when I was younger, all, all the women especially, because most of the church was, oh, when I'm going to get married, he's going to look like this, he's going to be like that, and he's going to have that. And you know, It's like all these Christian women, <coughs> they, 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 it was like the perfect person. And one day I got so fed up with this, I said, no, if that person exists, he will definitely not want to marry you. He will look at someone else. Do you understand? But it's, not, it's easy to have it in our head. It's easy to say, I have faith for healing and then don't bother doing anything. Oh, when did you read your Bible? Oh, I, I read one verse the other day or something like that. It's easy to... No. If you really believe, you will make the effort. Amen? Don't, don't, don't wait for something to drop into your hands. Take, 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 take the initiative and make things happen with your faith. Genesis chapter 1 didn't say, and God was in the beginning and he thought, it's really, it could be nice with some light here. It's a bit dark. So, let there be light. He didn't think he had to, what? Act. He had to act. Now, there's an interesting thing about it. In the Hebrew, it doesn't say, let there be light. It actually, it, it, the Hebrew says that light be. Which means light already existed. Okay? Light was already existing where? In God. Now, when he said, let there be, it's like maybe he created it. No, it was already in him. So he said, light be. Now, connect that to Colossians, where Christ, the hope of glory, is in you. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So now, how, when we want Jesus out, how do we do that? By acting in faith, speaking what we believe in. Okay? And that, now, this is something, this is a big, big discipline. Just like when you came to England, did you notice we didn't speak Filipino? Most of them. And the other, and, and the West, did you notice we don't speak English too? We speak Yorkshire. Okay? Hey, love. How can you say you love me? First time you go to the market, here love, well, that's a bit. 
Schweiz, say that to a. Uh, <laughs> oh, I mean, when you say something, when you say, what? What, what, what does what mean? <laughs> I never learned that in English lessons. What? How do you even spell it? <laughs> I think we. No, but. But we, we need to. So, so, so have you noticed that we have to change how we speak? And the same thing in, in, in the kingdom, we need to, you know, fate acts, fate speaks. Now, we, in the world, we very often talk about what we have. But in the kingdom, we don't talk about what we have, we talk about what we want. As, as, you, as I told you before, God did not say in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, it was really dark. He didn't say what he had. He said what he wanted. Okay? And the thing is, what he wanted, he already had. Where? Inside of him. Amen. How did what he had on the inside of him come out into the out in his circumstance? By speaking it. And you know what? I like King James here where he says, let there be light, or light be, and when light was. Have you noticed there's one thing we as human beings can't change, but we, if we could do that, we will be multi-billionaires. If we could change the past. Can you imagine if you had the gift to change the past? You would be a multi-billionaire. Have you noticed? You cannot change it. You know, but this is the fascinating thing about faith. Let there be light, and light was. It cannot be changed. Amen. It's too late to change your mind. This is faith. So when you have to realize that when you speak, everything in the Bible, when it comes to faith, is past tense. The moment you have spoken it, it has happened. Yeah, but what if? No, it can't. Because, it, it, you know, can you imagine you got a check? No, you, you, you got a letter yesterday. The day after, you don't worry about if the letter comes today. Or you do. You, you don't. You, you don't worry about what has happened. If you already got it, you don't worry about it if it will come today or tomorrow. That's the same thing with faith. Is that the moment you're speaking it, it's happened. It cannot be changed. The only way it can be changed, or it cannot manifest, is through my ignorance. But that doesn't mean that I don't have it. It just means that I don't take, take the benefit from it. Because you still got it. You can have a million pounds in your bank account, but if you don't know, it won't do you any good. Now some of you are going home checking. Okay? No, but it doesn't matter how much money you got in your account, if you don't know, you have it. It won't do you any good. The same thing in the kingdom of God, if you don't realize that whatever you say when you speak it out, it's already done. 
But many of us, because now we're mixing the worlds where we come from with where we are, when we say, so we're thinking, I have it when I see it. No, you have it when you believe it. Amen? You have it when you believe it. Yeah, but I can't see it. doesn't matter. You have it when you believe it. In, 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 in Mark 11, 22, 23, okay, it says, 22, And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he say. He shall have whatsoever he says. He shall have whatsoever. What, what do you need to do? You need to believe. But shall believe that those things which he say shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. If you believe it, you can have it. But the thing is that we don't base our faith often upon the word. Because many of us don't do the word so that it's grounded in us. So when we, so when we ask for, for example, for healing, what do we do? We ask our body, am I healed? No, ask the word of God. Okay? Ask the word of God. Don't ask your body. You know, the late Kenneth Hagen, you know, he, he was paralyzed and died two or three times when he was 14 years old. And, and when he saw this verse here, and he said, by his stripes I have been healed. And he said, if I have been, I am. Amen. So he said, I'm healed. And, his, and, you know, and he said, everyone just shook his head because we, we, we saw his body. And he's a very tall guy, but he was down to 40 pounds or something. He was really like, more like a skeleton. Really, really... Uh, bad because he had a heart failure and uh, but he kept saying I have been healed Amen. and his body and everything else screamed to him and you know you know they were just waiting for him to die but he didn't base his faith upon his body he based his faith upon the scripture Okay? He acted upon the word. Many of us, we read the word of God in a way like you go to a restaurant. Do you go to the restaurant to look at the menu card? Oh, wow, this is a nice menu card. <laughs> These pictures are amazing. Oh, okay, let's go again. That's not why you're going. There's, you know, the, the menu card shows you... Now, this is a big revelation... What is available? That's right. Amen? Yeah. The Bible is like that in one sense. It shows you what is available. It's not like, I know there's one thing I noticed in Indonesia. I don't know if that's common in all of Asia, but they advertise with a lot of food, and then you sit down and say, oh, we don't have that, we don't have that, we don't have that, we don't have that, we don't have that. So what do you have? We have that one. So why have you got 10 pictures? <laughs> I don't know if it's the same in the Philippines. So I noticed that in Indonesia, every time you went somewhere, we don't have that one, that one, that one, that one, and that one. But you can have that one. Okay. So what do you want? 
<laughs> what choice do I have? <laughs> okay? But the thing is, that many of us, we think Christianity is like a man going to a restaurant to look at the menu. Okay? Now, the difference from the Bible and for a menu, because what is the next thing you're looking at? The price. You know what? The Bible says it's all paid for. Yeah. Amen. Amen. It's all free. It's all free. But you have, but you still had to say. So when, you, so if you use that image, so really what you're doing is that when you confessing proclaiming and say you're saying what you want okay and it's only when you start acting on what you have read you start growing have you noticed you don't get full just by looking at a picture of the food you have to eat it you don't know you have to eat it Okay, the Bible is the same. You can read the Bible and say, Oh, this is a nice verse, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, and I am his little lamb. He carries me around and sings lullabies. Oh, you know, we, and we can even put it on the fridge. Oh, the Lord is. And if you're really radical, we can put it on Facebook too. Okay, but the thing is that if it's nothing more than that, it will never do you any good. Do you understand? You have to now, the Lord is my shepherd. That means I don't need to fear. Amen? Amen? I don't need to fear. I don't. So why do I feel fear? So the Lord is my shepherd, I don't need to fear. You, no, when you start acting on it, more than like this is the truth, this is real, more than like, oh, this is nice. You know, I don't know if you do them anymore. I used to have these uh, Christian posters with nice pictures on and then there's some verse. And, you know, I see these verses all over the houses. And, you know, what? I remember someone I went to see and he was very, he struggled with fear and so on and so on. And he, he also had these posters. And one of these posters actually said, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. He had it on the wall. But he's, uh, he wants me to come and pray for him to cast out fear. So I said, you know, it's no good that word is on the wall. It needs to be in your heart. I said, how do I get it from my, into my heart? By acting. Amen? Amen. No, I don't know. When I start driving lessons, do you, do you know what? Have you noticed you, can, you don't learn to drive by reading the book? You can even watch, now you can watch it on YouTube, but it's still not the same. How, how do you, you know, as I told you before, my first driving lesson, the whole car was steamed up because I have to think of all sorts of things, you know, mirror, side mirrors, Denmark cyclists especially, you have to, and, and the clutch was really a nightmare. Okay, and all these things, and after a while, the whole car just steamed up, so we have, we couldn't look out. Because I was sweating so much. 
But now, there's many times when I come home, I completely forgot how did I get here. Because it's just all natural. It's just how how do how do I get to that point? Because you keep acting. And it should be, in the same way, the way you get the word of God into your heart is that you keep acting. So it becomes second nature to you to just acting. When you see it, you just do it. Why? Because it becomes second nature. But the thing is that the, faith has, the way faith has been taught has always been taught with something that is in the future. Because we have many religious phrases that sounds really good, but it's really, really wrong. Like say, as I said, I have faith for. If I have faith for something, that means I don't have it. Isn't that true? If, if I have faith for something, I don't have it. But faith, Bible faith says, I already got it. So faith is not to say, I have faith for. Faith is saying, I got it. Faith is not to say, one day, no, faith says, I got it. Yes. Amen. Amen? This is faith. When did you get it? When I prayed. Amen. Okay? It's all, but God doesn't need to create it. It's already in existence. Because you will not pray outside of the word of God. So, when did you receive it? When you said it. If you believe you receive, you shall receive. So when do you receive? When you asked. Amen? When you asked. Actually, the real truth about that is you received everything on the day of, of the crucifixion. You're not going to be healed. You have to see, I am healed. It is already mine. So, so the devil, can, you know, the, the charismatics, they have made so many bad doctrines also. You know, the devil cannot block your blessing. Okay? When I became a Christian, oh, we are struggling with the devil. Oh, I'm under attack from the devil. Oh, the devil is attacking me. Have you read your Bible? He's defeated. He's defeated. The only strength and power he has is the one you give to him. And you say, oh, the devil attacked me. And the devil says, I do. No, I'm under attack. Yes, you are. Okay? I told you, he, he's warring like a lion. He is not a lion. If I said, this man is like Oliver, that means he's not Oliver. Amen? Or if I say, this tastes like that, that means it's not the thing. If I said to Wilson, this tastes like rice. Wilson said, it's not rice. Amen? So he's not a lion. Okay? And you don't need to be very big to make a big noise. But the noise cannot scare you, cannot kill you. Okay? So, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be you removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Second Corinthians 4.13 We, having the same spirit of faith, according as is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore 
speak. Amen? So speak your miracle into reality. Don't speak your miracle into existence because it already exists. Where? On the inside of you. But speak it into existence in the natural realm. It's like, let's say if there's some, there's some food. No, like, like I spoke to Dennis the other day. So he was in, uh, in Germany. Yeah. So I said to Dennis, oh, when you, while you're in Germany, could you get me this special curry ketchup that you can only get in Germany? If you okay, so he move. How did we move one thing from one country to another country by me speaking? Amen. Amen. How do I move things from the inside because I got all things inside of me because I have Christ within me who is the hope of glory. So when I look at something, how do I move it from here into there? It's already existing. Amen? It's already in there. I do it by speaking. Are you getting it? We move it from the inside to the natural world by speaking. Okay? Now you, you can do it fast on the internet. You just press about that. What do you do? You don't. You, but and that's what the Bible. So everything that you need in the natural, in this realm, you already got it in the spiritual realm. But the challenge has always been: how do I move it from the inside to the outside? And we do that through our speaking and our action according to the Word of God. That's called faith. Okay. So, in Romans, as it is four seventeen, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickened the dead, and now this is the sentence, and call it those things which be not as though we were. Okay, you know, we, 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 he speaks. You know, this is basically to say he says what he wants. In the natural. And he can say it with confidence because he have it on the inside of him. What words do we have? For example, all my needs are met according to his wishes in Christ Jesus. In glory in Christ. All my needs were, no. What is included in all? All. It means the same in Greek. All. All means all. Do you know? This is deep theology. All means all. Okay. <coughs> so and in Ephesians 5 1 that's where God gives us a permission to do what I just said which is from the Amplified Bible it says therefore be imitators of God imitators yes. I don't know if you ever had a younger sibling you got a younger brother when, when, when you're the oldest I don't know because I was the youngest but I find that older siblings, they find it very irritating when the younger ones start copying the older one. Okay? But someone said, when someone wants to copy you, that's the highest form of flattery. Okay? But 
Here the Bible says we should copy and imitate God. We should copy and imitate God. Copy him and follow his example. Copy him and follow his example. How do we do that? By what I just said. What did God do? He speaks. Amen. Amen. So I'm not going to be healed. I am healed. I'm not praying for things. I already got it because so you instead of saying I'm praying for this thing, no, you say I speak it into being because I already got it. <coughs> Do you know the, the money you need, you already got it. Amen. The job you need, you already got it. Whatever you need, you already got it. Where is it? On the inside. So now I need to speak it out. But that's where the wrong teaching has come in. Because if we're praying for things, we're saying unconsciously that I don't have it. And if I don't have it, I can't speak it with confidence. When I, if, when I have to negotiate with God. God, I will behave very well if you will give me this, please. I won't lose my temper today. I won't kick the cat. I will be nice to the old ladies. I will help carrying the suitcase or whatever I need. Five times a week. If you know, when we, when we think like that, that's because we don't realize we got it. We already got it. Think about it. You already got everything that you need now. Where is it? On the inside. Pastor Yonggu he said that he was pregnant with a bicycle, table, and a chair. That's why he got this strange figure. No, I don't. <laughs> okay. okay. But, but what he was trying to say is already, you already got it. So now, have the confidence, so think about it, have the confidence in, if you already got it, if you already got healing, what is there to fear? Yes. Amen? Well, if you already got healing, what is there to fear? Yeah, but I know it, I know it, I know what tea... Yeah, but most of them, they probably didn't hear what I told you today. Okay? Do you know what? I know many people that uh, salvation was available to them, but they died and went the wrong way. Okay? Why? Because we didn't know. I, I know many people who lived years in, 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 in uh, condemnation. Why? Because we didn't know that Jesus has already forgiven them. Yes. Do you know you have you have you, Jesus have already forgiven you? Amen. Amen. When he said it is finished. Okay. It's not for those in Finland, you know. <laughs> Are you finished? No, I'm Danish. I think it must be so irritating for people in Finland. They've probably heard that joke hundreds of times. <laughs> when they come and take the food, are you finished? No, I'm Danish. <laughs> okay. It's like when we went to Sicily, we said, don't talk about the mafia. Because they probably heard that all the time. <laughs> don't say anything to the locals about mafia because they get irritated. I don't know. But... So, so, but you, you always, it's, it's complete. 
But notice when, when you see, when it talks about Jesus in the book of Hebrews, that he sits at the right hand of the Father. Remember the, uh, I don't know if you remember, but in the Old Testament, the priest, in the, t- in the tabernacle, there was no chairs. Why? Because we stood. Why? Because we're working. When you sit, you rest. What does it mean? That the job is done. What does that mean in connection with me? That means everything that I need, everything I will ever going to need, it is all provided for now. And therefore now, Jesus, he can rest. That's why the Bible talks about we should not call Jesus down from heaven or so on. He is in us and we believe and therefore we speak. Because the moment you get born again, you got the Spirit of God on the inside of you. What is the Bible says? You become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And when you act the word, or when you speak the word, the Spirit will take that into existence. Okay? But because we have been taught warmly that says, oh, I stand in faith for this, I stand in faith for that. And Jesus says, you don't need to stand in faith for anything, you have got it already. Can you imagine, you say, oh, I stand in faith for the salary I got last year. <laughs> you don't stand in faith for that. No, You already got it. And that's where we have to understand, when it comes to faith, it's past tense. And when it's past tense, it cannot be changed. But what if God changes his mind? He can't change his mind. It's past tense. Okay? The amazing... No, anyway. So, so hope is when you look towards the word. Faith is you acting on the word. And we need to clear this out when I stand in faith for. No, no, no. I got it. So we don't say, we don't pray, Oh, Jesus, please. Okay? It sounds very good. It sounds very pious, holy, humble, even. You know, religion, we've been, you know, have you ever, I know, when, 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 you hear, when, when you say something nice to someone, when we've done something, say, I remember there was a, a young woman, she was singing, and it was really good. So I said, oh, wow, it was really good. And she, so she said, oh, she was a good Christian. She's been taught well. She said, no, it's not me. It was Jesus. So I said to her, it wasn't that good. No, it was good, but can you imagine if Jesus saying it? <laughs> no, but she was afraid of taking compliments. No, now you have to say, you got everything. Amen? Amen. You got everything. Now you have to act on it. No, the one word you should have now in your head. Possibilities. <coughs> when, I, when you realize now that you can understand really what it means that he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Amen? Don't be intimidated by your circumstances. Don't be intimidated by yours. Because 
It cannot affect you. It talks about the enemy shall come against you one way and shall flee from you in seven. Okay? That's why the only way you can be defeated is by giving up, meaning not acting. God had the light inside of him, but if he's never said be, light be, he would, that light would never come in. You got the healing inside of you, but if you don't say it, it will stay inside of you. You got it. But it won't do you any good. You can have a hundred pounds in your bank account, but if you don't spend it, it won't do you any good. You can have a meal at a restaurant, but if you don't open your mouth, as long as it's on the table, it won't do you any good. But that's the other group of Christians. Uh, those who go beyond the menu, they get to order the food. And say, oh, wow. Take pictures. <coughs> Facebook. And then they go. That, that food will not do you any good. Apart, you know, as my, I saw this program about Copenhagen. Now they have some of, you know, some of the world's number one restaurant is in Copenhagen. And the food is just weird. You know, people fly in from Hollywood for lunch. And like, so we, I'm glad I'm not a chef there. It's like, it's not food. It's like a painting. So I have to take these little leaves and put it on. <laughs> and then put it in front of a guest and then... <laughs> that's four hours work destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and there's another restaurant. They go out into the seaside. You know, there's some little knob from, from a plant, and they collect it. So, and then we go in, and when they order it, it, it was just Rick Stein. You know, he went to Denmark. So, he, so and we, this was like a dessert. It was ice cream, and there were some small wet leaves. You have to take a what, what do you call this pincet? You know, little ones to put it. You couldn't use your fingers. And, and then weeks time. <laughs> it must be terrible. Okay, that's not good for me. No. Act on it. Okay? Don't you you say to yourself, I'm not a victim, I am a conqueror. Not going to be, I am. I'm not a victim, I am a victor. That's where when the Bible talks about we shall remind ourselves, what shall we remind ourselves of? That you are not defeated, you are not a nobody, you are not a nothing, you are a conqueror, so start talking, start speaking. That's why just one, God keeps saying to Joshua, be bold and courageous. Be bold and courageous. Keep speaking. Keep speaking. Joshua and Caleb, they said, we take that land like a piece of bread. Well, you know, we look like grasshoppers in our own eyes. The land was theirs. The land was theirs. Do you know what? That land is an image of all the promises that you and I have. Okay? Whatever you need, you can take it as a piece of cake. Amen? You don't need to struggle for it. You don't need to negotiate for it. You don't need to punish yourself for it. You know, we're not Catholics. Catholics think the more they can punish, they inflict pain upon themselves, the more pious they are. You don't need... Why? Because it's by grace. Amen? It's by His grace. 
Okay, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, uh, give us courage and boldness.